Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. A new challenge has been set, the Antrim Coast Half Marathon on August 28th. Last week we cast the net out and asked you to submit your stories to be considered by Sonia for the two highly coveted spots as Sonia Sullivan's athletes for this challenge. We didn't care if you'd never done a half marathon or if you were heading towards your 100th half marathon. We just wanted to give you the chance to be coached by the best for the next few months. After a rigorous process, Sonia thinks she has found our athletes, but we wanted to give you one more week to get your entries in. So if you'd like to go on this journey with us to the Antrim Coast Half Marathon, just email irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com with the subject Pick Me and Your Story. The winners will receive first-hand coaching from Sonia, including a tailored plan devised specifically for you, an Irishman running abroad singlet, and of course we will check in with you on the show every second week it's a hell of a prize Sonia and the response has been massive so far we just wanted to make sure everyone had the chance to submit for it have you have, have you been as blown away by me by the number of people getting in touch yeah it's great and I think the kind of diversity of the whole thing you know we'll have people who at different levels of ability mm. and you know experience of a half marathon and because of that then I think it will relate to a lot more people as well. Absolutely. So even though they'll be, they'll be like the team captains, the two that are chosen. Mm. But then we should have people of, you know, similar level. Maybe, maybe there'll be a few in between, a few on the edges, but they can all find their place and to follow the plan. And I would say, like looking at it now, we're about 13 weeks out from the Antrim Coast Half Marathon at the end of August. Right. And so we wouldn't really start a, proper plan until about 10 weeks out okay so anybody who's thinking about it right now they should be kind of thinking okay well the the starting point will be in three weeks time so we'll give it another good read over this week and determine who we think will be the people who a lot of people can relate to and can link in with and follow along with throughout throughout the summer now because it's i suppose it's summertime is a good time to be getting stuck into some distance training there's plenty of hours in the day it's bright to late at night bright early in the morning and yeah so i think 10 weeks out is plenty time there's okay. enough time in there if something goes wrong and you have to have a week off or whatever and there's also enough time to kind of figure out where you're at mm. um, and one thing i think you know people need to think about when they're putting their entries in is you know your current fitness so we don't you know, if you put in your PB, I mean, when was that PB? Was that, you know, if it was the past few weeks, that's fine. But if it was a few years ago, 
then we have to disregard that. And um, you, you really have to operate at your current fitness and go from there. Right. So that that's crucial. So in some ways, that three weeks window could be the chance for people that don't want to submit, don't want to submit an email to be the kind of figurehead or, the, as you say, the team captain to kind of get yourself uh, a gauge of where you are and see, are you really able for a half marathon? Are you up to it or uh, is it something that maybe you need to push out? How does a person gauge exactly where they are? Is it a matter of going to your local park run or is it a matter of making your long run? Uh, 22 kilometers and seeing can you do it at all uh well yeah you're better off starting you know where you're currently at you don't have to go out and see if you can go a half marathon already right um park run is probably the simplest and easiest way to go about it to get a quick measure because you can have an option to find one over the next few weeks you can get one with a decent course decent weather um, or maybe a local 10K run as well would give you a good idea of mm. your current fitness. Okay. And then you can kind of work it up from there. And the thing is, you know, if you're only running 5K, then you've got to run four times that distance for a half marathon. 10K, you just double it. Mm. So, you know, it's all very manageable. It's just that you have to go at the pace that matches where you're currently at and not jump be skipping a few steps along the way. I'd love to hear from uh, someone out there who isn't, doesn't think they're able to do this. I think that would be great if we had an entrant who really thinks, God, I could never run a half marathon, but maybe I could do it with the help of Sonia O'Sullivan. If that's you, please do ping in your email, irishmanabroadpodcast.gmail.com. Bringing everyone together for this one is what it's really all about. I love the saying that the run through events use, which is if you run, you are a runner. That's the facts. So whatever happens, whoever gets selected, we will gather as many Irishmen running abroad listeners together in Larne at the end of August to run this thing, meet up and have the crack. Is there a chance, Sonia, that you yourself will be there? Um, possibly. I mean, I haven't actually looked that far ahead to see what's around. Um, on that date, but I should be in, I should definitely be in Europe. So, okay. Well, that's an I exciting prospect. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, coming up on yeah. the show, we have a trip around the parishes, a look at what the hell cadence means and how it can change your running completely. But first, let's look back at a packed weekend of athletics with Sonia. Another huge, right. yeah, huge weekend of athletics. You were right in the middle of it at the Prefontaine meet. Uh, lots of headlines coming out of it. People just running so fast at the start of a season must be weird, is it? Is this weird for people who run in this fast this early? Um, not really, no. People like to hit the ground running and they do run fast. Um, I think it's a new age thing now where people don't ease into the season like, like mm. we used to. You know, I can remember one time running, I think it was in... 1993 and my first race out one of my first races out in probably early june i ran 403 for 1500 meters and i remember the irish journalists were all a bit concerned you know was i running a bit too fast too early mm -hmm. and had i peaked already because probably my best before that i mean was i think i had run 401 in 1992 at one point so back then it was unheard of for people to run fast straight off the bat 
Whereas now, you know, that's all. That's what it's all about. I mean, in some ways, I get bored with the whole thing, and it's it's kind of <laughs> annoying there, like because it's like people get too excited about times, and it's not all about that. Like to me, the more fun part is the racing. Mm. and to see people competing and you know having a good race i mean if you've run a fast time i mean what does it matter if you're a fast time again similar it's like everyone's out there trying as hard as they can over and over and over again and sometimes you just want to see a race yeah. and sometimes we do not we have to wait for that now for the championships i mean people have to run the times to qualify for the championships but then once they have those times then they shouldn't forget about practicing racing and as much as you know there's a chance in the races that some of the athletes are going to go out fast so you're going to have to run really hard there's also a chance that it may be start a little bit slow mm. and then you have to be able to change pace and go from a slow pace to a fast pace which is not an easy thing to do so you have to be aware of things like that now in saying that the women's 1500 this past weekend was amazing oh yeah it was amazing like this um Kenyan girl, Faith Kipigon, she's the Olympic champion, and Gudaf Sege from Ethiopia. I mean, they would probably be the, the best of rivals. <laughs> and probably kill each other out there. Um, but there was so much talk about the pace the day before, what it was going to be, and then the weather wasn't looking great, so they adjusted it and said it was going to be a little bit slower. And the pacemaker was told to go a couple of seconds slower. But then when she got out there and ran, they because they have these pacing lights now. Oh, yes. I've she just these. kept. Yeah. So you have the blue lights and which the pacemaker keeps up with. And then the green ones are the actual pace for the time that the athletes are trying to achieve. Whether it's a qualifying or a, um, like a, a record that they're chasing after. So when you're sitting in the stands, you can see where the athletes are in relation to the lights. It's a little bit like that line that they sometimes do in a swimming pool mm. and the athletes are you know it's like this artificial line and then yeah. if they if they're close to the line it stays there but if they get too far away from it then the line disappears right so it and adds to the excitement i'd say in the stadium does it so it, it does a bit yeah i think again it's one of those things that if you do it too many times it'll get boring mm. um, it's good every now and then and it's good when it really means something and people are really going after it but if people are saying they're going after it every time, and I mean, you can't be up for a record every time you go out and run. Well, that, that's um, the way Coco looked. She ran a European record <laughs> this weekend. Um, was she expecting she did, that? She ran, we hadn't really talked about it at all. It was um, it was pretty a very positive result because it was two seconds quicker than what she did last year. And that was, you know, months later. It was in August time after the Olympics. So, yeah, she was very happy with that and it's a good start to the season. Um, but then in the women's 1500, back to go back to that, like they went so fast at the head of the field that the rest of the field just got dragged along. You know, they were, oh, it looked like they were miles behind, right. but they were, they were all battling together. And I think it was something like um, four other girls were under four minutes, including um, Jessica Hull and Sinclair Johnson, who are part of union athletics club maybe there was five there could have been altogether six girls under four minutes in one race which is you normally only see that in monaco where they say you know it feels like you're running in a room but the track in oregon is very fast and i think that's one thing i mean i was saying last week in the irish paper that 
Um, you know, Irish athletes should focus on the European Championships. But when you see the track here and the speed that people are running, this could be a huge opportunity for people to come out and yeah. break some personal records and Irish records. And, you know, it's, it's that's, definitely that's a, tempting. a very fast track if you're in the right shape and the right frame of mind to to get out and to, to run the best that you can. Well, Michael Norman certainly was in shape. He produced probably the standout performance of the Wanda Diamond League meeting in Eugene on Saturday. 24 years old, sets the Diamond League 400 metre record, 43.6, to beat Grenada's Kirani James, uh, Matthew Hudson, and who broke the British record. Is that just Michael Norman being a freak of nature? Or is it partially the track? I mean, this guy hadn't run like a, a super fast time in three years. And then he arrives at this track and suddenly it's game on. Yeah, well, you know, it's a combination of the, the track, the shoes and just the, I suppose, the belief that athletes now, they just step up and they, you know, really go for the times is the foremost in their mind is to go for fast times. But he said that everything he does this year, you know, if it's not hard, then he's not working hard enough. Mm. So he wants to work hard in training, work hard in racing and just get the best out of himself. Mm. The, Bower- um, the Bowerman Mile is the other uh, race that everybody talks about at this meet. Now, if if anyone follows any sort of YouTube uh, athletics channel, they'll have probably been shown this Jakob Ingebrigtsen performance. Uh, were you there to see it? Did, was it? did it look as effortless as he made it look? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just you just shake your head when you think, how is he making it look so easy? I mean, he just goes out there and does it. And people ask him, you know, was he disappointed that <laughs> people couldn't keep up with him? And he said, well, you can't be disappointed if people aren't good enough. <laughs> it was absurd. Like, it, it's nearly an eyebrow raising one. Like you say, you shake your head. Mm-hmm. The other person in that race, though, who I shook my head at was this fella. Is it Colin Solomon? He's like a high school phenom. He finished second last, but he ran like the third fastest mile for a high schooler in American history. Kind of puts into context exactly how fast the race is, I suppose. But is is there much talk about this young fella? Well, everybody in the race ran under four minutes. So 14 people were under four minutes, which is pretty impressive. Mm. And it's a typical thing these days at this track meet. In America, the mile is huge. They always talk about the mile. It's bigger here than anywhere else in the world. And this Colin Solomon, he'd run, I think, under four minutes by himself recently at a high school meet. So they love Nike. It's a big thing with Nike. They like to invite the best high school miler to the race. And, you know, when the race starts off and the high school kids at the back of the field, you kind of think, oh, gosh, why is he in there? I hope he goes OK, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's just it another level yeah. altogether. Mm. And, you know, they really do have to lift to not lose touch with the field and he did well he beat one person so at least he's got in there and uh, and under four minutes um 356 24 so um yeah i mean it's it's great to see stuff like that to see you know there was a picture i think with Jakob and colin after the race and he's obviously aware of who this kid is and why he's in the race mm. and can you imagine being a high school kid and you know Forget michael it. jordan is you know you're in the same on the same court as michael jordan and he comes over and congratulates you afterwards. Well, and it's, that's, it's yeah. the Kobe thing, isn't that's it? That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, it's like when Kobe came out of high school, 
he was us. He was a fan living the dream. That's very much the Colin Solomon story. So give him a follow on Instagram and follow that journey. One other young fella I need to mention to you before we, we go on and go around the parishes is the obviously the NCAA East and West Regionals over the weekend. And this fella, Trey Cunningham from Florida State uh, in the 110 metre hurdles. I don't know if you watched this, Sonia, but he clocks 13.7, the fastest time in the world this season, a PB for himself. And he did it on a wet track running into the wind. I mean, is this one that people are talking where, about? This, this is absurd. Where, where, do you, where do you see stuff like this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it, 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 it's an earth shattering uh, time for like. I what say, did you say, Ren? 1307. Uh, thir- oh, right. 1307. Yeah. Fastest time in the world. I don't know the third track, right? Well, Have fastest they run time. Under 13 minutes. Fa- fastest time in the world this season. And when they adjust it for the wet track and the wind, it's, you know, it's below 13. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, but some people might some people might be good at running on wet tracks and wind. <laughs> they don't get bothered by it. Okay. I think these adjust these adjustments you can't really factor those in. I mean, you mm. can say it was bad, it wasn't great conditions, but mm. you know, when people talk about these adjustments, it's different for different people. Like there's altitude adjustments. If the Kenyan Kenyans and Ethiopians run fast times at altitude, like there was some girl around fourteen forty nine recently for five thousand meters. At altitude, and if you were to do the adjustment that they have in America for the, some college teams are based at altitude, and then they'll have an adjustment factor for mm. qualifying. But if you apply that to people in Kenya or Ethiopia, but they live there and they grow up there, so it's not the same. It's yeah. not the same hardship for them to race at altitude. So the factor, it's not the same. It doesn't. It doesn't equate to when they come back down and run in Doha. They don't run as well as. The altitude time yeah, so indicates maybe, that they should. So maybe Trey Cunningham grew up in Belmullet and just knows <laughs> well, wind and rain, loves a wet well, track. Well, I've written his name down and I'll be following the NCAA championships. What, what university does he go to? Uh, Florida State. Keep an eye out for him anyway. All right. He's yeah, unbeaten yeah. this season. But it's season. always interesting when you see these names and then it's amazing how often they do come back up over and over again when someone points something out to you. And then you get you have a, a new person to follow. Well, you know, if we were talking about <laughs> Irish athletes to follow uh, last week, and if you missed that, do go back and get involved in that episode. Dara McElhinney is a name that uh, we didn't shout out, but this weekend he broke John Tracy's 44 year reign on the national under 23 5000 meter record. 1317.17 while competing at the IFAM outdoor in Belgium. Uh, it puts McElhinney seventh on the Irish all time list. Now, the, uh, what do you know about Darren McElhinney? And surely he's an athlete we, we missed last week and we should be following. We did miss him, but Dara, he's a very consistent athlete. He won a medal at the um, under-23 cross-country championships oh, in yeah. Dublin. Yeah, yeah. And he was on the, the gold medal-winning team there. So, yeah, Dara has shown consistent form up through the ranks, through all the age groups. Now, the one thing I suppose that I kind of have a thing about is, and I don't get too excited about his under-23 records because... When John Tracy was running, he didn't even know that under twenty three existed. Okay. It's a new thing, right. you know. It wasn't. It wasn't. He would have kind of inherited that record retrospectively when it became a thing. Like I would have no idea of any under twenty three records that I've ever had. Mm. Um, I only know about it 
when athletes break the records because you know they're it, it's it became this in between category for athletes sure to compete at you know between junior and senior applied yeah applied the times um so dara ran 13 17 uh, it was a very good run he was fifth place in the race but you know it's he's still got a lot of work to do to be competitive on the big stage like i was watching the men's 5,000 meters here in um, Prefontaine on the weekend. And Matthew Ramson and Brett Robinson from the Melbourne Track Club, they were both in the race. And they ended up finishing sixth and seventh. Um, similar time to Dara. Matthew Ramson, he ran 13 17. But when you look at them, you know, a race that's been won in 1250, and there's four guys competing in, you know, around 1306, 1307, you're kind of hoping that, you know, it doesn't look great um, to be, see people, you know, they're running their best, but they're so far off the pace mm-hmm. that, and they know they've got a ways to go as well. Like, that's not even the qualifying time for the World Championships. You've got to run under 13-13. So the whole bar, the bar has been raised so high at the moment that it's more important to be competitive in races and to show your competitiveness. Because when it comes down to it, you're going to have to get in the top five to progress to the next round of the races at the championships. Yeah. So and so it's one, it's one thing to qualify. It's another thing to do something when you get there. All the more reason to do exactly what we said last week, which is get behind your Irish athletes. Darren McElhinney, of course, is on Instagram and follow his journey. Give him the support. These Irish athletes need us to get behind them. Now let's get behind some listeners and go around the parishes. First one that stands out for me, Sonia, is Neil Fusco, who went out and did a very short run, 1.1 kilometres, <laughs> but he used the opportunity to spell out the words, pick me, in an attempt to get selected by you. <laughs> I don't think that this is going to do his case a lot of good, but I, I do love a bit of Strava art, if I'm totally honest. So if you want to do that yourself with your run, to uh, to se- just send it into us and tag, tag Sonia and myself on Strava. Who stood out for you this week? on you yeah well i saw that strava art as well and i thought that was pretty impressive um i've never actually tried to do that have you ever tried to go out and i think i did it for the jigsaw challenge a while ago we did a little jigsaw challenge. oh right yeah there was a jigsaw thing yeah yeah Yeah. so (laughs) i made a total hands of it (laughs) did you kind of run like you were writing you thought you were writing or did you because i wonder if you I think some people map this out before they go out. Yeah, I think you need a good surface area to do it over. Yeah, yeah, to work it out. So, yeah, no, I saw Neil's and I thought, that's unusual now. And then I realized what he was trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit slow on the takeoff sometimes, you know, but I had... (laughs) I also did see uh, Dermot O'Sullivan, or O'Sullivan in English, and um, he actually ran one of my favorite runs um, around Black Rock, Castle, the old railway line. He ran 21.1. So he did run a half marathon. He's long slow run of the week um, down in Cork. And he ran at 4.57 per kilometre. So he was out there for a good hour and three quarters. And that's what we'll be looking at when we're training for the half marathon is being out there for a long time. But what made me laugh, you know, as much as I loved where he was running, and the lovely pictures of the sun shining in Cork. It makes me feel like I can't wait to get back over there in the summer. He also had a comment on here and he said, fairly wrecked after the garden work. <laughs> and I was thinking with 
<laughs> was he following in the footsteps of um, Pedro Mahoney? Um, I don't know. Do you follow Pedro Mahoney at all? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, monster rugby player, and he's always out doing his garden with his kids, and um, he was he was layering it out with sand there on the weekend. I mean, he must have the best lawn of anyone in Cork, <laughs> <laughs> of anyone in Ireland, maybe. And um, so I'm wondering, is Dermot, um, he, he's in the same pathway as uh, Pedro Manny out there. A decent bit of cross-training <laughs> in, in the garden. Uh, the next oh, one yeah. for me is Rachel Lyle. She actually got in touch and there's no harm in that. You can email us if you want to shout out. She said, hi, Jaron Sonia, I'd love a mention around the parishes. I did my first half marathon in eight years in Newry on Sunday. Went off too fast, died a bit, but but finished it. 10 minutes slower than my 2014 times but since then I've had two kids stress fracture and a hell of the perimenopause so I'm delighted with myself uh, hopefully I will get the to the start line in Dublin safely I hadn't run more than 10 miles since 2014 and I've spent a large part of the last year injured love the podcast you both keep me sane during the eight months of an Achilles injury during the endless rehab in the gym keeper lit Rachel Lyle absolutely Rachel what an epic achievement that sounds like that sounds like she had every stumbling block going I don't know what perimenopause is do you know what perimenopause is early is it early men I don't know it sounds like it yeah no I wouldn't be and maybe it's a, maybe it's, now, it sounds like an autocorrect maybe but <laughs> it's obviously something it's obviously something that you don't it doesn't make you feel good anyway yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of in, inhibits your progress or, or your your good feeling when you're out running but i think you know for people to push through no matter what it is the hurdles stumbling blocks that come in their way is um you know, it's always an inspiration to other people it's always good to talk about these things and to yeah. share with others the problems that you have but what you can actually do while you have those problems and you work through it yeah. and um, and come out the other side and feel proud and happy you know that you've actually been able to get yourself through whatever it is that you need to get through well that that's definitely the story of my last shout out but do you have one there that you do you have- i have one more and it was today and this one this must be one of our um far away listeners this person is aiden o'mahony and um he's actually from i just clicked on him there now he's actually from galway um, but his run on the weekend was in Jerusalem. Wow. And it's always interesting, I think, and I, I love doing this when you go somewhere new to go for a run and just to see the map of where you run and share this with people because it will always relate to somebody, sure. you know, where you run. And um, yeah, so he ran in the Armenian quarter, there's a part of that here. And um, he went for, I think it was six, eight kilometers around Jerusalem so good man Aiden it looks yeah it's amazing when you look when you zoom in on these maps you know you get a fair bit of detail like the bagel cafe and the juice bar <laughs> yeah. and then you can switch to the satellite and actually have a look at what the street or the yeah the surface he the was peace, running on looks like the, the, the peace forest so you know it's kind of a little bit interesting and then I suppose if you ever end up going there again then you, you get to see stuff so um you know, well done to Aidan O'Mahony and uh, getting out there, you know, wherever you are in the world. I mean, sometimes you might go to places and think, oh, I couldn't go for a run here now. <laughs> but you can run anywhere. Yeah, and there's probably and, runners there who have already run those yeah. routes. And on Strava, you can kind of look up what, what are the, uh, using the heat map function that comes with premium, 
where you can see where people tend to run. It's something I only figured out recently. People probably already know that. I'm probably telling people stuff they already know. But one uh, person that I wanted to give a big shout out to was James Carty. Now, I tagged you on this one. Huge shout out to James, who people may remember from the Breaking 20 Challenge. Relatively new to running, but he went out and ran his first ever marathon in Edinburgh in a mad time of two hours, 59 minutes, 24 seconds. Now, I just I can't wrap my brain around that, but uh, he did it for his chosen charity and he put it down Sonia, to a little breakthrough that he'd that he had very, uh, very recently. So this is a man who's been running through pain quite a bit, forced to take a day off after a lot of runs. Let's hear what he says here. He got in touch with the live line. Talk to Jar on eighteen fifty seven one five eight one five. I've I have read a lot about the cadence thing that you should be in for one hundred and eighty steps per minute, per minute, and that just seems completely out of reach for me. I I was averaging probably one sixty or less, one fifty five, and I tried a lot to uh, try and increase it, but it it always felt like more effort, and um, I was counting, but. It wasn't happening, but anyway, last Sunday, suddenly, just literally like that, out of nowhere, I started quickening the cadence and taking, it felt like I was taking really small steps, so almost kind of the legs falling forward under underneath you or something, but but quick, 180, and it was just like, ah, oh, so this is, this is what you're meant to do, and it just felt so easy, I was running at a pace that was seeming hard before that and now this was easy so i suppose i did three or four runs since that and didn't get the soreness afterwards i've only been averaging 30 to 40 kilometers a week which is quite small for marathon training um because of pains and injuries but i hope that can help someone to uh increase the cadence thanks guys Talk to Jar on eighteen fifty seven one five eight one five. An interesting one, Sonia. What do you make of that? Well, do you, do you think about cadence when you're out running? No. In a, in a word, no. <laughs> I haven't thought about it at all. all right. I'm actually. I'm just having a look here now at my own cadence just to see what it looks like because it's never anything that I that I do. It's not something I've ever, you know, really considered. You know, as when even when running, you know, fast as an athlete, it's I suppose you naturally run fast. I suppose you naturally, yeah. But it's not, you're not, there's not going to be much cadence going on here now in the canyon walk, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, we definitely need to talk about that. But like, he, 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 like, I've been reading this book, The Lost Art of Running, that people will know. Uh, I think Shane Benzies is the guy that wrote it, and he's all about the cadence and increasing the cadence and kind of pedaling the feet underneath yourself like a cartoon character, the way they pedal their feet and then zip away. And I have been thinking about that of late, particularly in my Sunday run and a similar kind of experience to James that you're it's nearly like you're going up tiny stairs that there was small steps on them and suddenly so did he say did he think he was running faster than by doing that faster with less effort yeah right yeah and he was up to 180 yeah and we discussed maybe that's what yeah that looks what I'm missing here now as well, because I, most of my runs, they average about 160 something. Mm. 
based on my watch anyway. And I can get up to a maximum, like if I'm doing anything fast, I can get up over 200 or 170 sometimes. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's something that we should investigate more. Give it a go. Into. Yeah, let's yeah. let's do that. Let's maybe set that challenge for people this week. Let's have a look at your cadence, have a think about it and see if your watch will measure it uh, and see if by increasing it, like James Carty said, let us know how you get on. Because by all accounts, this is a complete game changer. So that's the first half of my conversation with Sonia O'Sullivan for this week. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad to hear the rest of it. And trust me, you don't want to miss the rest of this conversation. Sonia goes for a massive hike in the Grand Canyon. And we talk about the benefit of doing something odd like that something strange something out of the ordinary that isn't usually in your training plan and the benefits that you can get from that Uh, we also get into a little more chat about cadence and look at what are the three pillars of half marathon training that you will receive and that we will be talking about Uh, in the coming weeks as we prepare for the Irishman Running Abroad Half Marathon Challenge. As we said, we'd love to hear from you if you want to be considered as one of Sonia's athletes for this challenge. Just send an email to irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com with the subject title Pick Me. Uh, All entrants should be uh, able to be there and present for August 28th up in Larne for the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. Uh, You'll receive an Irishman Abroad singlet and lots, lots more. And uh, yeah, just get in touch. Tell us your story. We'd love to hear from you and we will get uh, the winner announced next week. But there's a further 30 minutes to this chat and it also comes with our special new feature called the Kick for Home. The final minutes of the podcast. If you listen to this on your long run, that final three minutes has a montage set to music that is bound to help you rinse the tank for the last few drops so you can get that kick for home. It's only available exclusive to our supporters on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Plus, there's also episode notes. Jeepers, if that wasn't enough for you, there's episode notes up there too.